VBS is an invaluable time to reach the kids in your community with God's truth, but it's important for you to be prepared. LifeWay VBS previews are the best way to develop your volunteer team, to gain valuable training, and to build momentum and excitement for your VBS. Get ready for your best VBS yet with VBS previews. Find a location near you at vbs.lifeway.com slash preview. Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Chuck Peters. I'm so glad to have you here as we record this. The weather in Tennessee, where uh, where I'm recording, has turned from like 90 degrees yesterday to about 35 today. It's, it's like one of those overnight things where I suddenly am just cold. We had air conditioning on yesterday, and now I feel like we need to turn the heat on today. But I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hold it out. We're going to put on blankets and sweatshirts and not crank up that heat just yet. It just doesn't seem right. But fall is here. It's in the air. Just a week ago, at the time we record this, we had our annual Etch Family Ministry Conference here in Nashville. We had several hundred come in person to attend and a whole bunch of others attend via simulcast. You can find out information about that conference and get the breakouts and all of that in digital form at etchconference.com, and I'd love to have you check that out. Our guest today is a friend who was with us at the Etch Conference and had some time on our main stage to talk about some ministry strategy for next-gen leaders. His name is Dr. Mark Croston. Mark is the National Director of Black Church Ministries at Lifeway, and Mark, we're so glad to have you today. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, great to be here, Chuck. I'm really excited. Well, so Mark, one of my favorite things about you, there's a lot of things to like about you, but one of my favorite things about you is I know that you're a Philadelphia guy. You're a Philly guy. So, uh, and you wear that proudly, right? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I just came back from Philadelphia doing a, a leadership event there and uh, bought back some uh, Tasty Cakes with me. No Tasty so, Cakes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so if you're from Philadelphia, you know about Tasty Cakes. And so you don't go to Philadelphia and not pick those up. All right, so I'm not a Philadelphia guy as such, but I, when I was in third and fourth grade, my we lived in Allentown, PA. Yeah. And so Allentown, Bethlehem, we lived on a street that like one side of the street was Bethlehem and one was Allentown. And, uh, and so I was, as a young kid, I was a Philadelphia Phillies fan. So, but that was in the days with like Greg Luzinski and Bob Boone and Tug McGraw. That was a team back then. What do you mean was? You, you uh, said you was. You, <laughs> you know, you, you grow up, you move on, things change. But man, that was that was a really fun part for me of, of being young as a kid who was into Little League and things. The Phillies were just such an awesome team. True Philly fans are fans through thick and thin. Of course, there's a lot of thin, so you got to <laughs> stay in there, but thick and thin. Well, it is football season. I know you're an Eagles guy, too. So how are your Eagles doing? Uh, as well as could be expected. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know, so shortly after my third grade year, my fifth grade, we had moved to New Jersey and I became a Giant fan. So, I mean, that was in the Lawrence Taylor days. So you couldn't live in New Jersey and not be a Giants fan. Yeah. So that's where my my heart still lies. I've got a Giants helmet on my shelf behind me. But it's hard. It's hard to be a Giants fan these days. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Mark, one of my favorite things about Philadelphia, and this is like I know like very little, 
but just a couple of things that when I think about Philadelphia that I think of. One of them is the cheese stick, obviously. Yes. And so, but you got to have the, can you explain the stoop, the Philly stoop? The Philly stoop? What do you call that's it? That's where, stoop? so that's like, isn't there like this stance I've heard about when you eat that cheesesteak, you're uh, supposed to lean over so you don't drip it on yourself. Some people will say that. So an experienced uh, steak and hoagie eater does not yeah. have oh, to the hoagie. worry, yes. does not have to worry about a particular stance. What you do have to worry about is the particular stand that okay, you get, that you them get it from. from. Oh, yes. okay. Because not all are created equal. That's right. Absolutely. So on television, they always take you to uh, Gino's and Pagano's. I hope they're not right. listening right now. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but uh, but no no true Philadelphian would eat a steak from Gino's or Pagano's really? unless in an absolute emergency. In an emergency, you will eat those. They're the but, tourist steaks. Yes, they're for okay. tourists. Okay. So where do you go? Where's the local place? It really depends on what part of the city that I'm in at any particular time. So uh, Mama's is a great place. D'Alessandro's wonderful. Mama's, Ta- Tony Tony Luke's is a great Tony place. Appetite's Delight. Uh, I, have, I have a number of places. It all depends on what part of the city I'm in at the moment. Nice. Okay, so one of my other favorite. See, listeners, this is why you have to tune in. You never know if you're going to need a sandwich in Philadelphia. And if you do, now you know where to go. So bookmark yes, this episode and come back. Yeah, absolutely. So one of my other things about Philadelphia, and tell me if you can confirm this, but I have distinct memories from childhood of buying hot pretzels out of a shopping cart on the street. Yes. Best hot yes. pretzel I ever had. Absolutely. And so, uh, so you can still get hot pretzels in Philadelphia. In fact, when you go to Philadelphia and buy pretzels, uh, you get like you can buy like a bunch of pretzels. I, I remember going up there once when I was pastoring in Virginia. Um, and so I'm coming back on the weekend. I say, hey, I'm going to take my church a treat. And so I bought like <laughs> 200 pretzels. And bought them back in a huge pretzels. box. Yes. And and so we're going to serve them during the Sunday school time, you know, during our coffee and crumbs yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, but, you know, 200 pretzels, if you go to one of the other uh, named places, I won't call their names, right. that would have cost you a mint. Sure. But, you, but 200 pretzels in Philadelphia, $20. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they're huge. It's bigger than your head. Yes. Oh, man. Suddenly, I want to go to Philly. So we're going to have to pause this episode, get on a plane, go eat some stuff, and then we can come back and record again. That'd oh, be great. man. Well, that's... Food is such a fun thing from different regions, and it's just uh, it bonds people together. Good stuff. Great story about bringing pretzels, man. That's talk about pastor appreciation setup, yes. man. Yes. Pastor appreciation month. You, you've been hopefully they took good care of you after those pretzels. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> well, Mark, we we had you recently at our Etch conference, and you unpacked for us some thoughts around the words ready. Reset, go. So we know here as we're as we're starting ministry back up after a season of COVID, after uh, even just normally restarting ministries with the fall, when a lot of churches have their kickoff for kids and student ministry to restart their you know their their annual ministry. But we're kind of in a new place with restarting and resetting and going again. And so you shared some thoughts from the stage at Etch. 
I wanted to give you an opportunity to come on the podcast and talk to some of our listeners who may not have had opportunity to be there and hear that. And so why don't you take us there? Go ahead and tell us what, in, from your perspective, in your mind, what does it mean for us right now to, to get to ready? Ready. Okay. So one of the things that I, uh, just kind of captured my mind as I was thinking about this in preparation was uh, Psalm 139, 14, where it reminds us that we are fearfully or remarkably and wonderfully made, that we are really complex uh, organisms uh, created by the hand of God. And the unfortunate thing about complex things when they come to you is that usually when they come in the mail, they come with an instruction book. Uh, mm. But when they come, uh, you know, in, in little packages like babies, uh, they don't come with the, a complete manual on how to do all this stuff. And so uh, one of the things I talked about in terms of being ready was uh, how do we achieve maximum impact in terms of uh, raising and discipling our children. Mm. And so uh, part of the research reminds us that 90% of the connections that are being made in a child's brain happen by the time they are five years old. Yes. And so that means that uh, parents have a huge responsibility uh, that we don't talk about enough and we don't think about enough in terms of uh, setting the trajectory for that child's life mm. in those early years. All of these uh, connections uh, that uh, are going to help the child deal with motivation, focus, problem solving, uh, social skills, language, and faith. Uh, these are all being made before they're five years old, before they get to kindergarten, right? So we like to put a lot of weight on the school systems, yes. but, but a lot of this is happening before they ever get there. And a lot of times in children's ministry, we tend to look towards the little bit older kids because they can understand more abstract concepts and big spiritual ideas. But we need to be really careful to not lose track of the importance of those early, early years. It's not just childcare. It truly is ministry with the littlest ones. Right, right. And so like even with our uh, kids materials for like the cradle roll and and the babies and all, uh, we, you know, sometimes people think this is a waste of my time, right. you know, reading these mm -hmm. stories and uh, telling these things to the kids and showing them the pictures and all this, all these things. And because they don't have the kind of same interaction they would have with a teenager. Sometimes people think it's a waste of their time, but it's not a waste at all. These are really important tasks in important years. And they say, you know, if you're going to learn a second language, you, the younger you are as a child, when you, you have such the brain capacity to learn things that I'll never be able to learn at my age going forward. But those littlest ones are, are truly able to absorb uh, teaching and truth and concepts. And as you said, spiritually, uh, well, I would say foundational uh, spiritual concepts. And we need to be faithful to make sure that at church and at home that we're presenting those well. Yeah. And so one of the things I would, I tell church leaders is they need to turn around their paradigm because we usually take uh, and think we ought to give our best uh, educators to our adults. And 
the ones who are just really weak and, you know, I'm trying them out, uh, you know, give them to the kids because right. th- that won't matter. And I say, turn that upside down because you're adults. If, if something goes wrong with the adults, they can fix it themselves. But mm-hmm. if something goes wrong with the kids, they are totally dependent on the one who is mm-hmm. giving them the information and the experience. What we teach matters without a doubt. We can't just go into kids ministry and just put on a little puppet show and entertain, right? We that we need to have uh, people who are who are our best teachers in the kids space. I love that, Mark. Flip that script. Yes. I think our listeners are applauding right now <laughs> that you would say such a thing, especially you coming from the position as a lead pastor, mm-hmm. as a higher level leader in the church, to acknowledge the importance of ministry to the youngest ones speaks to our heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really do think that that is important and and have as a pastor uh, tried to make sure that we were trying to give the best kind of experiences in those areas because you want the best return for your investment ultimately. And uh, that's where it's going to come. Hmm. So uh, along these lines of getting ready, so the importance you say is we need to make sure that we make the most of this this age of influence, this time when kids are are able to absorb so much that we need to put the right amount of energy there. Mm-hmm. Well, remember the Bible tells us this over and over again: train up a child in the way he should go. Paul tells Timothy, from a child, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you uh, wise into salvation. Deuteronomy says, uh, when you sit down, when you rise up. So we have these admonitions from the scripture over and over again about how important this time is. And it's it's easy for us as kids leaders to 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 possibly feel discouraged when we don't see fast fruit. But that promise of that uh, of that proverb is if you train up a child so that when he's old, he doesn't depart from his, from the Lord's ways, right? Mm-hmm. It's we, we train up our kids not to be good kids, but to be godly adults. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. That's great. And you know, one thing that I, I, I'm not a big uh, horticulturalist, I don't do a whole lot of planting. I'm working on grass. If I can get ever get the grass in my lawn, you know, kind of squared away, maybe I'll work on something else after that. Little weed and feed here and there. <laughs> but yeah, but the one thing I know is that uh, when you plant, your seed does not come up right away. It right. comes up sometime later after the planting time. And so we have to be comfortable with a delayed result. You know, so my fruit is going to come later, not not necessarily right at this moment. So, Mark, one of the things that you shared with us at the Etch Conference was how um, the the process of salvation is more like a dial than like a switch. Tell me what you mean by that. Yeah. So a lot of times uh, we think that we can just take our kids to uh, one one or two Sunday school classes or one uh, vacation, great vacation Bible school or one uh, time at day camp at the day camp or night camp at the right time and that they will make these faith professions. And so uh, we're not always thinking about what goes into that life ahead of that or what comes out of that life after that. And so it's important. The switch is just going on and off. And but it's more like a dial. So a dial, let's say, will go from zero 
a person doesn't know anything about Jesus. 50, uh, they have made a faith profession for Jesus. And 100, they are a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Well, sometimes our efforts are to get the person from 5 to 10 or from 15 to 22 or from 27 to 33. And so when we're doing that, we don't necessarily see the result of our efforts because the result of the effort only comes from when the person goes from 49 to 50 and makes that faith decision. So that person sees it, but the other people who are doing those other great things who have helped and built the foundation and readied the heart uh, may not see that particular moment. And so it's important to remember that all of our efforts help. Uh, All of our efforts are planting seeds and fertilizing and watering and tending and weeding. All of these are helping the person get to that moment where they make the faith decision. And then they continue to help that person as they grow, continue to grow to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And then when that harvest happens, it's easy for us to just see that moment, that decision, that, that, that decision point. Right. But the reality is, there's a lifetime of uh, back work and there's a lifetime of faith that comes afterwards where growth happens, right? Because it's that moment of the seed sprouting is really different than what the end goal would be. Yes. It would be that it's a that person is a mature tree that then bears fruit with seed in it. And and it becomes a disciple that makes other disciples. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a it's a lifetime of work and experiences. Hmm. Hmm. So we need to be ready. We need to realize that when those kids are young, there's opportunity and we need to make sure that we make the most of it. We need to to reset our thinking a little bit about how we view that process of salvation. We have another big part of this discussion that's the go, the go part of this. And we're going to, if you will, Mark, I'd like to come back for another episode where we can unpack that go. And you want to talk to us about the importance of kids ministry for the kingdom in a, in a season where, where the church uh, and the culture may not be favorable to that kind of growth. Absolutely. That'd be a real important discussion too. So listeners don't miss that. Mark, Dr. Mark Croston, thank you for being with us today. I so appreciate that for, uh, and I halfway through this recording listeners, I spilled my coffee all over. My t- I was so excited talking to Mark. I moved my arm, spilled my coffee. My notes are soaked in coffee. I just dried off my keyboard. It's a little sticky, but it'll be better. So you didn't know that, but now you do. We start with cheesecake, uh, cheesecake, cheese steak and pretzels, and we end up with coffee all over the place. I hope that you're having that kind of a day, listeners, where you can spill your coffee and still have the joy of the Lord. I'm so glad to have had Mark here. Mark, thank you for your time and for your insights. All right. Thank you, Chuck. It's been great. Listeners, we'll see you back here again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Hey, listeners, when you partner with Epic Ministries for your next event, they bring high-energy interactive games and hilarious mascot skits that engage audiences of all ages. Their shows are built on sharing faith through fun, so you can have confidence that their messages are 100% biblical and they're composed of experienced children's pastors and dedicated motivational speakers who've been preaching to national audiences for years. Best of all, their events have easy production requirements, so they can make 
their shows work anywhere in just about any space. So you don't have to worry about whether you can host, they can make it work. For more information about awesome events from Epic Ministries, check out epicministries.com.